Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Scipio. The number one challenge every salesperson faces right now is how to have more conversations with more potential customers and land more appointments. And that's why you need to check out Scipio today. I've had too many sales leaders share with me how Scipio has transformed their ability to make contact with customers faster and easier than ever before. If you don't have texting as part of your modern sales process, you need to. Scipio has the best automated texting platform I've ever seen. Scipio's texting platform will help you build personalized relationships at scale in an authentic way your customers will appreciate. Salespeople using Scipio, they say big things happen. They're seeing a 5x improvement in landing appointments and a 40% lift in show rates. And that leads to more conversations, which we all know leads to more sales. And while the results speak for themselves, don't take my word for it. Head over to Scipio.com and use the code ROB, that's R-O-B, for a 30-day trial on the plan of your choice, courtesy of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Again, that's Scipio.com and use the code ROB to see just how good a modern messaging platform can be. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by Brian Elsesser, Vice President of Sales for Saster. Saster is the world's largest community of players in the SaaS ecosystem, and they are growing at a crazy pace right now. As we record this episode, Saster just held the 2021 Saster Annual. It's the largest non-vendor event in its industry, and they provided an amazing event helping bring people back together to help fuel the growth of the SaaS industry. Now, Brian's been swimming in the deep end of the sales leadership pool for a long time now. Not only is he introduced to high-growth SaaS companies every single day, he's taking active roles in both leading and advising some of the fastest, most exciting companies in the world. I had the opportunity to first meet Brian when he was the Senior Director of Sales Development for Aircall. And since then, his list of companies he's helping has grown immensely as a result of his role at Saster. That list is so long, it's it's too long to list here. Uh, I'm sure that we'll get into a couple of them as we talk. But I will tell you this with confidence. He knows firsthand what's working and what isn't. Uh, This is not an armchair quarterback I got on the line here today. He knows what good looks like, both as a practitioner and as an advisor. He's one of my very favorite follows because he shares such immediately usable insights. This very morning, he did one that I loved, okay? I'm super pumped, super grateful to have him joining me today as we talk about some very important things facing sales leaders everywhere. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) Man, Rob, I am flattered. That uh, That was quite the introduction Payment, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, man, I'm glad you're here. I hope this is the first of a few times. I, I'm a fan of you. I, I really am excited to get your perspective on what's going on in the sales world right now. Mm. Uh, and our listeners are in for a treat. So, Brian, this is going to be fun, man. Let's, let's dive in. Let's dive in fast. We're going to run out of time really, really fast today. Brian. I love it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm so ready. Why don't you start by introducing uh, Saster and what you do for your customers? we got... Thousands of sales leaders listening, many in tech, but many in other places as well. They might not even know what Saster is about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, if you don't know it, you got to go check it out. Saster is the largest community for B2B execs, entrepreneurs, and founders. We are solely focused on helping companies grow from that first uh, you know, couple of bucks to their first $100 million in ARR. And, and we're led by our fearless leader, Jason Lemkin, yep. uh, who is just a... Uh, prolific uh, individual of content when it comes to the SaaS industry and how to grow. Um, He is a founder's best friend. So um, if you don't know Jason, you need to go check him out and follow his content as well. He's very active on Twitter, very active on LinkedIn. Uh, But yeah, we, uh, we, you know, we're, we're, I'm really proud to be a part of a company that's so focused on helping other companies grow and do so the right way. That's exactly what we do every single day. That is a great way to introduce it. I'm a fan of Saster. 
Um, I want to have a minute of you to kind of sharing what happened at your annual before we dive in. Cause I think it would be kind of exciting for people to hear just, just how great it was. But before you do, why don't you just give us that 30,000 view foot? How'd you get into sales, man? It's always fun for me because there's very few people that said, I'm going to be a salesperson when I grow up. My grandfather used to tell me um, that uh, I was born to be in sales. I don't know what that meant until I think later on, but um, I, uh, I think I knew I wanted to be in sales after Boy Scouts when I started winning all the awards for selling the most candy bars. That was that was my I was crushing the candy bar sales. Right. Like there was no one. I, I just I don't know. It was really easy for me to walk up to a door and knock on it and be like, I'm selling candy for the Boy Scouts. Would you like to buy a candy bar? Who the hell is going to say no? So I anyway, I uh, I, I guess I, I learned early on that I, I like talking to people. I um, I'm actually. Uh, before I even got to sales, I was a trained opera singer. Um, that traveled, no way. The world, traveled the world doing it. That's really what my degrees are in. That's what I focused on. Um, and uh, I think what happened was I, well, the short story is I ran out of money. Like most opera singers in the United okay. States, I ran out of money and I needed a new job. And so I was like, you know what? I know how to, I know how to fuel it. I, I can go sell something. I'll go sell something right now. I'll make some money doing sales and this way it'll fuel my passion. That's what I'll go do. So that was my game plan. Um, and it worked out. I, uh, I wound up applying to sell cell phones for AT&T. Didn't get the job, but instead they sent me an email and they said, hey, would you be interested in interviewing for our Yellow Pages department? And, uh, and sure enough, that I started my career five years with Yellow Pages. It was just an unbelievable uh, dive into the deep end of sales and understanding how to do it, what to do, where to go. Um, and I started my whole career. What a killer story. I, uh, I love hearing people's stories because most of the time, Brian, I find that a common thread for all of us that are in sales and sales leadership is we're almost accidentally involved, but then we become intentionally successful, right? <laughs> And, um, and, and, yeah. and I love that because, well, I mean, I mean, Rob, sales has gotten what the, the, the dirtiest name in the, in, in careers, you yeah. know, the second ever, profession right? and often confused with the first. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many people, there's the old saying says, what's the, uh, or old story of what's the, what's the, the, the most respected job in the world, right? Firefighter. What's the, the most like untrusted job in the world salesperson. And what's amazing about that is that, a lot of people say politician, but no, we are worse than the politicians. And so, yeah. many get, but we've done it to ourselves, right? We spend years and years and years, you know, deceiving people and, and going after it the wrong way that the sales generation today is rebuilding that trust thread and be rebuilding that consultant piece. And the modern seller today is doing so much to try to rebuild that ground and, and, and replace what is the perception, the misconceived perception of what our reality actually is. Well, that's a good place for us to to get started. Let's start on that thought right now. And we'll work in, I want to work in a little bit about your experience of what happened at Saster, because (laughs) I I think the whole idea of the excitement of getting people back together is worth talking about because it's it's a consideration that a lot of people are thinking of. But this modern seller, I love that you brought that term to the story here today, the modern seller, that we're trying to fix things. We're trying to make it so we can be trusted. And, and, and you know, it's interesting that you say that because many of my very best friends today are customers that have bought things from me in the past. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's my favorite part about being in sales. My favorite part is helping people solve problems that matter to them in a way that makes them want to be with, you know, have me in their life, not just as a vendor. They're like, Rob's um, a dude that I want to be around. Right? I could rip on this for a while. I mean, let's, let's just sit talk, on it. Let's talk, sit on let's it. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the first word you just said, bought from you. Yeah. You didn't sell them anything. True. They bought something, right? That's yeah. a, that's a, first off, let's just, that's the first shift, right? The people going into sales, there's that, you know, we give them scripts, we give them technique, we throw books at them, right? And everything's about how to sell better. no, no, you're doing it wrong already. You know, <laughs> like, like let's help people make the purchase. People are consumers. That's what they are. They, they're going to buy things anyway. And if you're, if you're doing it right, you're just helping them make that purchase. That's the whole, that's our job, right? So I love that you use that, that bought. I actually, um, so we did just have Saster Annual. It yep. was, uh, for those that don't know what that is, um, it's the largest get together in SaaS, in B2B tech, 
for all these founders and executives and entrepreneurs to come together and share best practices and learn and grow their businesses. Um, and uh, it, it was amazing. It was on site at the San Mateo Event Center in San Mateo, California. Um, and we had, uh, we had just shy of 6,000 people on site. That which is, is so awesome. Unreal. Yeah, it was unreal. I mean, just thinking about that, the first major event out of COVID, and that's what happened. Um, was just a, a real telltale sign. We'll get into that more in a minute. But what I, what happened there? I had this conversation with we we I, I hung out for a couple of days with my my top cust my, my biggest customers right my the yeah. people that I've had I have the closest relationships with relationships with and spent the most time with on on building this event. Um, and we had the opportunity to spend some time together post annual. And one of the conversations that came up um, was how refreshing it is to be in a field right now where I can have a relationship with these individuals that stretches beyond me just wanting them to come and spend money at Saster. It's, it's a human connection um, where I used to look at when I first got started in business, the top salesperson, his name was Pete Schlosser. Shout out to you, Pete, if you're listening to this, but let's go Pete. He was, he was the top salesperson I had, I had ever seen. And he, I remember like, he used to tell me, yeah, I, I, we, we go to weddings and bar mitzvahs and whatever of all the kids or he's has these connections with his customers. And I was I used to look at him crazy. I'm like, we're selling, we're selling to people that I don't know that I wanted that kind of connection with, yeah. but now I look at it, right. I'm, I'm, you know, over 10 years in this industry. I, God knows how long I've been in this industry. I don't even know. Anymore, <laughs> I, I stopped counting, but right. And I'm now looking at it and I'm having these connections and it's so rewarding, right? Like I was on site quick story. Um, and we're, we're happened to be on this, this bus, uh, going from, we, we went to Napa. We were, we were coming back from one of the wineries to go to one of the hotels. And, um, uh, you know, one of the, one of the individuals that I, I, I work with, um, she happens to say, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to buy a dog for my, for my daughter. And I'm like, Oh, cool. What kind of dog are you looking into? And she's like a King Charles Cavalier. And I'm like, Great dog, right? Yeah. And I, I immediately start, I'm starting to connect with her. She starts sharing with me this story of how hard it's been that you have to be on a list two to three years to get a dog right now. No uh, way. How, how hard it has been to get the dog that she wants, the color she wants, the sex that she wants, like the, the whole thing. And, and to be able to pick from a litter instead of just being given a dog. And she, she, she had shared with me, she was resigned to just sort of give up and take what was next best. And uh, I said, what's so funny, because I happen to know a breeder on Long Island for King Charles Cavaliers. Why don't I just make a connection literally 48 hours later? Actually, it might have even been less than that because I connected right on that bus with the individual. But um, 40, within 48 hours, she had a deposit done on the dog that she was able to choose from a litter of the right sex and color of the scheme that she wanted. It's literally about helping people. And if you're, I, I don't have any tie to that deal. There was nothing there in it for me, yep. but I, it's a friend that was in need. And I look at it that way. And if you can do those things, that's a modern seller. That's someone that understands it's a bigger game and it's way longer than this transaction you're working on. So you've gone from uh, cell phones, from candy bars to cell phones to King Charles, baby. I like it. <laughs> this is good. But, but I like that a lot because you're right. The, the world that we're in right now, the people that truly have that mindset that you have of, you know, I'm here to connect and solve problems that people care about or achieve results that people care about. Sometimes that means they're going to buy from me. Sometimes that means I'm going to introduce them to other people. Uh, yeah. Either way, I become this resource that people learn to count on, depend on and like and trust and all these great things. Right. Just, I think we lose If you forget about the outcome of the, I hope they better buy from me. Like, yeah, forget, like get just, rid of that. You, you instead focus on, can I help them? And if you can help someone, it doesn't matter if they purchase from you or not, because if they don't purchase from you, but you help them, chances are they're going to help you find someone that's going to purchase from you. And that's exactly that's right. Than anything. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I'll give you a little shout. I mean, you, you were sharing how your, your practice is growing faster than you even want it to sometimes. And yeah. it's because you're getting those recommendations from people because of this reputation that you're earning. And, um, and I think that's really good. I love how you called that the first shift is, is being a helper. So a facilitator of buying things again, sometimes from you, maybe sometimes from others, but if you're authentic about that, how important is the authenticity in that? Well, I mean, it, it, it's not forced, right? So 
it the the key word in authenticity is authentic, right? Like you need to you need to be real. And that being real means being true to yourself. I, you know, we give scripts to salespeople when they first get started in sales. And the number one rule that I throw at somebody is to say, hey, be yourself on purpose. We hired you for a reason and it's to be you. If I wanted you to be this script, I would, you know, I could hire anybody to just go read a script. I'm not looking for that, right? I want you to be yourself. So reality is how important is is being authentic? It's everything. It's absolutely everything. You have to be authentic um, and true to yourself. That's the first, the first rule. All right. So let's stay in this, in this kind of conversation. We'll shift around. I think it's like a, there's like this nucleus. We're going to have a whole bunch of different like things coming out of where we yeah, are. Yeah. That's, that's, that sounds, that sounds about right. <laughs> I, what I like, I, like, listen, I follow you on LinkedIn. I watch what, like, like the post so. this morning. I, I loved that, man. Hey, thank you, know, you. Great leaders aren't the ones you want to, they aren't a boss that you put up with for a while, but you become someone that, that, that this rep wants to have in their life. I want to, I want to dive into that here in a minute. Yeah. But I use that as a, as a setup for this kind of core. I believe you see the impact of sales leadership in ways few get to. I relate to it because I see lots of sales orgs. Too often, a sales leader gets their blinders on. They're in their org with their goal and their pressure, and we don't have the benefit of seeing a little broader. And you do get to do that, okay? Yeah. What happens to an organization when they get a great sales leader? That's my first question. When they get a great sales leader, what happens to that company? Well, I mean, I I think... uh you know, the first buzzword you probably ever hear in life is culture, right? And, sure. and I think if anything, what COVID has actually done is like maybe gotten rid of that buzzword entirely, because I don't think you hear kombucha out of anybody's mouth anymore. But that said, like, what does a good sales leader do? It brings in a type of culture onto a team where everyone's working cohesively, right? I think, um, I think uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of method, a lot of different method in sales leadership. Everyone's got a a, um, a type or that they align with a or style, yeah, style, right? Yeah, like like there there are some leaders that are very much like the supporter leadership, right? That that player coach mentality of like you know, hey, I'm I'm here to help my team and grow my team. There are some that are very much like I'm giving the expectation you're going to meet the expectation, and that's what your expectation is, right? And like there's yeah, everyone everyone's got a style. I think yeah. the end of the day, what is a good sales leader do, they make change, positive change uh, within an an organization where you see numbers rise, you see teams grow, um, and you see customers happy. And I think those three things are as basic as possible that you can look for. But a good sales leader is making change out the gate. And then it's not not taking very long to come in and and make some implementation. That is a great definition. I love all three of those terms. Um, I love how you said out the gate. Um, I think that's an interesting qualifier for you to put on there that it doesn't take a long time to see change. I want to go back. I want to hit rewind. I want to come forward again. I love how you went to culture right away. Uh, I I don't know who said it. I'm not going to take credit for it. I, I really can't tell you where I heard it. And so as a result, I'm going to get it wrong, but I, I heard it something like this. Culture is the product that companies uh, provide their employees. And, um, and, mm. and, and I, it's always stuck with me. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with the comment. Okay. So, let's, so talk to me about that because I, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on that. I think the companies used to try to provide culture. Um, okay. And that's, that's what started the whole SaaS framework of like, I'm going to go in and, you know, I got snacks and bagels in the morning or, you know, whatever. I mean, Google used to have what? Uh, they, and they probably still do the cafes yep. and, the, you know, LinkedIn has it too. All the, yep. all the different setups in shop, right? Yep. That's not culture, man. That's, that's, so manufactured, culture that's manufactured culture, real culture, real yeah. culture. Yeah. Um, it's a type of fluency where teams are really in, t- in, in, entwined, right? They are, they're working just, just fluidly towards one goal. I actually think that's culture. I think if you have everyone aligned towards an outcome where everyone's focused and enthusiastic and pumped and just they are their their blinders are on just pointed in one direction and it doesn't matter everyone's running around but everyone knows where we're going 
That's culture. And no company can provide that. That's not something that's provided for by any sort of company. What, what you have, that's what leaders try to create by creating parameters around expectation and hiring and, you know, cadence of like team cadence of meetings or, 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 you know, flex on outreach or whatever it may be. There, there's a lot of components to it, but, but it, that's culture. That's not, there's nothing a company can give. You're going to, when you show up here, you're going to have fun. It's like, really? Am I like, I, how could that be the case? It's, it's, you either are a part of a winning team that knows what it feels like to win yep. um, or you're not. So I agree 100% with you. And I think, I also think that a company does create, help create that culture through its sales leaders. So here's my, my thought on this. Sales leaders are responsible for building culture. I think at least uh, what you permit is what you promote. Right. Yep, yep, and, yep. um, and so I do think that we have leaders that say, I'm going to provide this experience for you as a, as a, as a salesperson, maybe you fit. If you are, we want you. If you don't, we don't want you. And I believe that culture is exhibited through behaviors. Yep. And you see it in the terms of attitudes and effort that again, that's just me. A hundred percent. Okay. hundred cool. percent. And so, and, 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 but notice how you said, the leaders, right? Yes. Are, are driving that. It's yes. not the company, the yes, company, right. maybe the company hired them, but generally speaking, a leader hired that leader. So I put do me down, Brian, providing. put me down as one of the first to mock the keg and the foosball table. And like, listen, they're cool things to have. Don't get me wrong. I've been a part of it. I've been a part of it. Yeah, I, me I, too. I lived it. I, lived I think it. it created a, 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 fa- a facade is what I think it created yeah. was a facade. Smoke and, and mirrors. Yeah. And so for me, that's when I, when I saw the facade not work, that's when I was like, all right, I know that's not it. So what is it? And that's when I came up with my, it's, it's behaviors that are a reflection of attitudes and beliefs. You know, it's interesting. I'll even go one other extra step on this. Um, one of the companies that I advise, Leon Health Science, Brian Smith over there, he's, he's doing some amazing things. But one of the things that they tack on is that healthy teams, healthy performing teams, right, are also mentally healthy. They are, oh, they, in are this. they are holistically healthy, right? And, and that there's a direct correlation between the amount of, of health going on, uh, physically, emotionally, prepared-wise, that go, do, drives directly into your performance. I, I love this. I think, it's, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, well, I, I love this conversation. I love how animated you're getting in this because this is a big deal, man. I believe that great leaders, so you, the first thing you said was make the shift, we help. The next yeah. thing you went to is they create culture, right? The leaders create culture. And, um, you know, I don't think that we are victims of the company's culture that someone else has made. I think as leaders, no. we own that. Well, I mean, but, but Rob, I'll go one other step further and where my head goes with this is that most, I, there's probably several leaders that are on this podcast listening right now that just got in it or several individuals that are about to be shifted to that role and they've never yes. even gotten there. Right. And so, yes. but, and we're giving some pretty hearty expectations out the gate of what these individuals need to do. Okay. And here's the, here's the, here's the fun part, right? <laughs> how many of those companies that they work for are giving the training or playbook behind how to actually do this stuff? Zero. Like there, I, I maybe know one, right? Like there's no one doing that. And yeah, so, yeah. wow, that's a lot of expectation out the gate to someone who's never done it before and is not going to get the support to do so. We, we, we get thrown into a fire pit. We get trial by fire. That's how you learn. You better be a good note taker and you better to learn the lessons being thrown at you because that's the only way to which we go. And I'll put this out there. It's one of the, like, not to, I'm, I'm now um, uh, saying Leon again tw- uh, twice, but one of the things that I like about it is that w- they're actually building playbooks for sales leaders uh, and leaders in general um, to go and build great teams. You know, better be your engineering team, your sales team, your customer support team, doesn't matter. Yep. They're actually providing playbooks for these new leaders by which they can help grow a healthy team. And I think that's, that is what's missing right now, right? That's the kind of stuff that's missing. Okay. So I, I want to stay in here for a second because if that's yep. what's missing, I agree, man. I, Brian, this is even more fun than I thought it would be. Like, I, I love the energy you're bringing because the passion that you have is something that people need to hear. I, I think that is one of the things that a great, when a company gets a great sales leader, they're going to get a culture that attracts people. It doesn't just retain it. It's going to attract the right people. And that is, that's employees and customers. It's going to be yes. both, right? It's going to be both. And so 
I think the idea that a leader can be responsible for creating that culture, I don't know that we've talked much about that on the show. The closest is Kevin Dorsey, who I love his question. His quote, Katie said was, he said, I, he said something like, uh, I'd rather have uh, bad reps with a great culture than the best reps with a shitty culture every single time is what he said. But we didn't really get into how do you do that? Got any like top of mind, like two or three things that you see the great ones do that help build that culture that provides this infrastructure? I guess maybe that's a bad word, infrastructure, but I'm, it's what I, it's what came to my mind as I'm talking to you. Right yeah, now. I think the first thing they're doing is following KD on LinkedIn or or wherever he's posting because yep. he's probably throwing down some fire tips for that leader. No uh, doubt. But but uh, but second, um, you know. Yeah, I, I actually think, right, I, I had a, a mentality shift on this a couple years ago. Um, I used to be a really high, just like, here's the KPI, here's the expectation, go get it, go get driven, until I realized that not everyone's made like I am. And and that's that was like, well, wow, okay, so I'm, I'm throwing my expectations of what I'm holding myself to at somebody else who may have different expectations or different thoughts or different goals or different needs. And so they, that's not necessarily the, the most fair. So I, I adjusted to where I would say 50% of my time is focused on that. The other 50% of my time, I'm really focused on that individual. Um, as almost like, I, I, in a way, it's like almost flirting the friend line but it's not, I'm, I'm being a mentor, right? I'm asking them what, what is it that they're, that they're focused on? What is it that they're, what matters to them? I ask about, I'm, I learned about their families. I understand a little bit about like, you know, where do they, um, where do they want to spend their time? What do they want to do in their life? What do they want to grow to? And maybe even within the company itself. And I think that if you can really align with someone on a, on an individual personal basis, um, you get even more out of them, right? Cause now you're in their corner. And uh, I think uh, if you're if you're in their corner and you have their back and you're willing to go to bat for them, then the other 50 percent is kind of easy because they they then just want to do it. I don't have to be like, why aren't you at your number? They're asking themselves, how come I haven't hit my number for Brian? That's a little different. That is a really great insight. I loved how you said you're flirting with the friend line. Um you want to go deeper on flirting with the friend line a little bit, what that means and why is it a flirt? And are there things on either side of that line you got to be careful about? Well, yeah. I mean, like, because we're, we're in as humans, one of our basic human needs is human connection. And so, um, you know, you, you want to be able to connect with an individual on that personal level. Right. Um, and so to get on that level, it's very easy to get to a point where someone goes, Oh, well, you know, this person's my friend. Um, and as a leader, you know, you have to maintain the integrity of your leadership to make sure that, you know, you can make decisions without having clouded judgment based upon, quote unquote, friendship, right? At the end right. of the day, we still have things that we have to do as leaders that can be hard to do and difficult conversations. So don't make it harder on yourself. But that said, that doesn't mean you need to be a jerk, right? It doesn't right. mean you have to not care about a team. You can be friendly. You can be personable. You can make close professional connections with other, with other people um, and get close to that. I'm a friend of this person's like friend line, but then also make sure you're maintaining the integrity. And here's, here's the outcome of this, right? Um, it actually goes back to the post that you mentioned that I put up today. Um, so if you do it right, you're building a, a network of colleagues. All right. I've worked for some of the, the best leaders, I think, in sales. And there's a lot of great sales leaders out there that I have not worked for. Right. But, but I know the people, the people that I've worked for, some of them are the absolute best. Um, I can name them. Right. Like in yeah. like Dick Graham, my first, my first manager, a, a unbelievable sales leader out of the Midwest, an incredible dude. Kent Johnson, right. Was one of the first managers I ever had when I was a manager. And he taught me everything I really knew about leadership and like leading a team. He's to, to this day, we connect on just a personal level. David Ian Kelovich, who, I really looked up to and learned a ton about more of that, that finer points of building and building teams and like the components of it. And now he works with me at Saster, right? Like, so there's, and that's, that's the outcome is like, you continue to work with these individuals. If you're building those relationships, you continue to work with those individuals. 
Um, you know, Adam Gross over at Yext and I worked very close to build that sales development program that's over there. Adam stayed at Yext after I departed, but he and I still connect probably quarterly to see what's up and what's new. That's, that's the relationship factor. And I think that, um, it goes overlooked, um, which is where, you know, my post this morning said something in regards of like, don't be the leader or the boss that, you know, someone's going to tolerate for a period right. of time. Be the person that like you're going to connect with and these are your colleagues and you're going to grow careers with. And that's, that's the most important thing you could do. It spoke to me when I saw that dude, it was like three lines or something like that. Oh. I was like, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. and I want, I want to be sure that I'm that person that, that when it's all over and done with, they still want to be connected and have you in their life. I'll so, tell you, I even posting that though, like, and I, it just good call out. Like I'm even critical of myself on it because I'm not always perfect on that regard. Right. No I even all that ruled up and, and, but what I love is that I, I, the relationship I hope to build with my team is always one where they can call me out on it when I'm not doing that kind of work. Mm. And, and that's, that's really important to me. Um, so yeah, that's a great, part of how culture is seen again I, I i told you what i think i think it's it's attitudes and it's efforts and if one of your attitude is we have this relationship it's we're more important than just the numbers i think that's great yeah um you met you just rattled off a handful of sales leaders that were difference makers it, it prompted me to something that one of my customers said to me about a month ago i want to ask you this okay i, I uh when he shared this with me i i I, I coach about 130 sales leaders right now. Yeah. So I took this to a whole bunch of them. I was blown away by what I got back. How common is it to have a game changer, a difference maker, sales leader in your life or in your career? And here's why I ask. Here's why I ask. This guy is, he's a big, he's done a great job. Like you would like this guy. He leads a team that's responsible for a billion dollars. It's, it's a lot of sales reps. They're a high growth company done a great job. He confided in me. Maybe it's a different version of imposter syndrome, but he said, Rob, I've never had a sales leader that showed me what good looks like. I've never had one that I could tell you was a game changer, a difference maker. It was just a manager that said, don't miss my whole career. And he said, so I'm terrified now that I'm leading a larger org that I am not being a game changer or a difference maker to them. I was like, wow, I remember I walked around my building. I did a few laps around the building saying, I wonder how common that is. And yeah. so how common do you think that is? I think it's wildly common, actually, because I don't, I don't necessarily know that most leaders are doing the, the extra step of building that relationship, right? I mean, I, the, the, the one per, I think there's, there's several people that have made enormous impacts on my career, right? You, there's, part one of this is to be mindful, Right. Yep. Acknowledge and be mindful of when those moments happen because you want yep. to keep them. But man, two years ago, I met Colin Cadmus. Right. And you know, I love Colin. You know, I love that dude. Yeah. Colin, you want to talk about a person that made a change on my life? Oh my God. Like, um, I mean, even right down to the interview he made a change on my expectations of what good interviews should be like. Right. Like he sent my wife at the time who was pregnant. He sent her flowers as a thank you for parting with me during my interview time so that I could vet the company. Right. Like yep. he was, he then after departing air call, after I departed air call, he was the one who introduced me to Jason Lumpkin. Right. And, and brokered that relationship. Uh, there are people that will go the extra mile to build you up. Colin being one of them for me, but, but they will go the extra mile to build you up. And that is, that is, in my opinion, what the definition of leadership is. Um, I don't think that, uh, I don't think everyone's cut out to be a leader. I think there's a lot of managers in the world and that's where, that's where you have the, that individual that's saying, I don't think I've ever had that kind of connection. You might've been working with a lot of managers one of the things that after I met Colin, though, um, I made actually I made a decision at my interview with Colin where I said, you know, at the time, Aircall wasn't the most obvious offer for me. Actually, I had a couple offers on the table. Aircall wasn't the most obvious one. And I chose Aircall because I chose my leader. I went, you know what? I could run through a brick wall for this guy. I, I it's just I would I could immediately tell you that I could have a, a really amazing relationship and that matters more to me. And so I actually didn't choose an offer with the most amount of money. I, I chose my leader. Uh, that's been my rule of thumb uh, ever since. And I would give any person that's having that moment of saying, hey, I don't know if I've 
had that kind of relationship, stop vetting companies and stop vetting positions and stop putting your sights on the next role. Instead, start picking the leaders you want in your life. And then on top of it, after you find them, add them to your circle. You should be building a board of directors for your own company, which my own company is BrianLSessor.com. There's my board. I'm building a board of directors for it, right? And that that board, you can cycle out your directors if you need to. But frankly, like build your circle of trust, man. That's the most important thing you can do. Thank you so much for sharing that. That, that I think is, I think you're dead on. When I asked my whole bunch of people I coach, like, 75% 75% said, yeah, I never had that person either. So 25%. I, so I, it's a small sample size. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I bet it's fairly close. And so it's, we only have like 10 minutes left, dude. Oh we, my God. Yeah, really? We only have like 10 minutes left. No, yeah, no, no kidding. The stuff we thought we we're going to talk about, we haven't even got to. Dude. No, 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 no. I'm inviting you back, brother. I'm going to okay. invite I, you I, back. I accept. I accept. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so, I, but I want to, I want to sit, like, you've given me a couple things, you know, you're a helper, you know, you help, you're a facilitator, you're a culture builder. So if you were to say to our people, like, how are you going to be breaking your, break that chain just because you didn't have that difference maker as a manager, as a modern sales leader, can you break that? That's, it's a great conversation. I think you got a lot of people that are going to listen to you right now that might be saying, man, I wonder which one I am. You've given two things. You can teach them to help and facilitate. You can build a culture that will attract right people and change their lives, give them life-changing years. That's one of the other things. I think that as sales leaders, we need to create life-changing years for people that are on our team. Yeah, Is there anything else you would add to that? But Rob, like, and here's, here's the caveat, right? It's like the, you ever see the, the ads that go out there is like, make a million dollars in real estate tomorrow. Join this course, right? Yeah. For Look, sure. there's a lot of people out there that want, the golden ticket that want the golden bullet that help me get to where that next step is. Everyone wants it. There's not one person that doesn't. Um, It's literally though, the difference maker is the individual that is willing to put in the work, um, make the change, actually listen, learn, put the effort in the post hours, the obsession behind your passion, right? That is the difference maker. I'll put some out. I had, um, I had someone, I get people reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time. By the way, if you're interested in connecting with me, you should connect with me there. But that said, um, I have people reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time. I had one individual, um, she had reached out, she, she was breaking into the industry, um, and she wanted advice, right? I get this message all the time. Um, and I'm always, I'm usually, as long as I'm not like swamped, I'll answer most of them. I, I try to anyway. Um, I didn't respond to her right away, in fact. In fact, I didn't respond to her at all. Wow. She then followed up, but instead of just saying, you know, like, you know, like the five word connect, Hey, did you get a chance to read this kind of message? Right. Thoughts message, which I absolutely drives me nuts every time I see it. But instead of that, she wrote back and, and started with a whole value prop behind why I should spend time with her. And it was such a natural, I was like, Whoa, I've never seen that before. A value proposition with why she was worth my time. I gave her 30 minutes. It turned out that she was wickedly smart, wickedly talented, had huge potential. I spent maybe three more sessions with her, coaching her on an interview and like how to interview for a sales position. And she yeah. landed a job at Gong, right? Like that's that, like, but there's the thing is, is that if you meet people, if you meet people and you can help them, this is for the leaders out there that are listening to this and that, you know, are, are thinking about how they can next level their own leadership. If you can meet people and they ask for help and you can give it to them without expecting anything in return, that's how you build a network and a community of amazing people that you're going to have support you. And and, and I think it's actually more important for that individual. I'm, gonna, I'm all over the place. But we go back to that individual that said, I don't have the leader. I don't have the person that that game changer. Maybe you need to be the game changer. Maybe that's what you're supposed to be. Um, maybe Maybe that's your purpose. Because if you can be that game changer for somebody else, and we can all do it for someone, if you can be that game changer for someone else asking nothing in return, you've already put your work in to change the world. You've already going to change our industry. And that's going to that's gonna echo. Oh, man, dude, that, that's inspiring for me. Like, as you say that, that fires me up. But that's, <clears throat> that's, that's a lens I think we can all look through, right? There were so many things I wanted to get into with you, man. Like, and, and I think that as a leader, 
if you want to do that, I believe that the lens that people always look through or listen through, if you could listen through a lens, I guess the filter that they listen through is what I call trust. If they fully, if they think you're full of shit, they're never going to let you be yeah. a difference maker. Yeah. And if they trust you, there's, there's a few ways that you can build trust, but that's never asked for. It's never demanded. It, it's, you know, as soon as, as soon as someone asks for it, that's when, you know, you're probably never going to be able to give it. And, um, yeah, but I mean, I think there's another piece of it too, where we can find any excuse as leaders not to do this type of work. Yes. In. One of the biggest ones I hear all the time that it comes up, how do you have time, Brian, to do X, Y, and Z? Here's the thing, like, stop complaining about time, right? We get 24 freaking hours in a day. We, you're going to sleep, what, seven of them uh, if you had a good night's sleep. So what the lucky. hell are you, yeah. yeah. So what, what are you doing with the rest of it? And if you're if you can't tell me that you don't have those hours allotted in productive ways, right? You also can't tell me that you don't have a half hour in there to help somebody once a week. Are you kidding me? Like, and it, it's not. This is this is where this is where we have so much more room to grow. And you're seeing like Scott Lee's Thursday night sales. You know, if you're not a part of it and you're not listening to it, you totally got to check that out, right? You're seeing him build a community. You're seeing Pavilion build communities. You know, Sam Jacobs uh, community there, right? Shout out to Sam and Scott. Love both those guys. They're great guys. But yeah. they, they're all around this idea that as a community we grow. As a, as a network, we grow. We can help other people. And, and that's, that is what a modern seller is looking to do, is going to, where they're going to learn in next level. We're going to do it with ourselves. We're not going to read it in a book. We're not going to go find it on a blog. You're not going to hear, you might hear it on this podcast, but outside of that, right? Like you're going to go and build communities with individuals to help next level our industry. That's how we're going to grow. All right, man. That is how I want to start to wrap this in the last couple of minutes okay. that we have. So given everything you just said, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to put it in your head. So you have like two minutes to think about it. Cause we're going to do our rapid fire. We're going to let them give them all the info on how to get in touch with you and Saster and everything else. But I want you to be thinking in the back of your mind while you're talking to me about this, a final thought of given everything you just said, what would be the most important thing to get right? Like what's that one thing if you take away from this show that you wanted to get right? So I'm going to come back to that. Okay. I'm putting a pin in that. I'll be right back to it. So let's start with rapid fire. Three questions, high level, top of mind. Don't overthink it. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Number one, biggest sales leadership challenge you see right now. And how do you beat it? Biggest sales leadership challenge, uh, connecting with other people. We are so focused on a number. We're so freaking focused in a spreadsheet. We forget to actually get our hands dirty and get in the weeds and go say, hey, if you're a sales leader, guess what? You don't, that doesn't mean you don't get to sell anymore. You should be selling more. Okay. You should be on your calls. You should be on your reps calls. You should be taking calls. You need to go sell. All right. So that's the, that's the first thing. Don't become a, a Salesforce jockey. That's, oh, that's, I love it. By the way, I want to ask you, I want to weave this in. Uh, should they be leaning into live contact with people or should they still be leaning out from that? Lean in, get in there, go, go sell. Wait, what? Wait, I, I, I always hear it all the time. Well, I don't want to step on my rep's toes. What, why is it that, why is it a rep versus you thing? Get in the, the weeds, start. Look, what's more important that you're stepping on, that you're concerned about stepping on their toes or that you're enabling them to make more money. You're making more money. Companies make more money. Everyone's selling. Like what, what do we What's the outcome, right? Like go sell. That's what this is. Love it. Number two, when you're building teams, you, you referred to like your interview with Colin, that that was a game changer, right? When you've helped build teams, you consult people. When they're interviewing, they're building teams. Is there a specific principle or question that you found is kind of a go-to for you that yeah. you're going to do a lot of things? There's like one thing that kind of stands out. What are you looking for when you, when you ask that or use that? Right. There's usually three components, but the number one component I'll, I'll tell you that I, I look for is some sort of life-changing moment where someone got, was thrown the curveball by life and they had to say F you to that moment. I'm going to overcome that. That is what you want to find because how much rejection are we going to deal with on a daily basis in sales? And then if you're not already handling some sort of major objection in your life, the small objections will be too hard. So let's, let's go and find the individuals that have dealt with those objections and then also see what they do with the small stuff. Cause Oh my God, all of a sudden that just becomes very easy. You're the first person to say that we're creating like eBooks of these answers. No one said that one. I love that one. We could have a show just on that, by the way. Yes, we could. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. 
Leaders are readers quite often. I don't care if it's pages or audibles. I also don't care if it's blogs or podcasts. Some people like long stuff. Some people like bite-sized chunks. Is there like one thing that you might recommend to our listeners if they want to advance their leadership skills or career that you would advise them to consume? Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go on a full tangent on this, but there is a small tangent. I think that, um, I I used to, I used to, when people used to ask me, Hey, what books would you recommend to sales people? Right. And then I, you'd, you'd hear the same ones over and over again, whether it be the Sandler books or gap selling or spin selling, whatever it be. Right. But I I actually take this a whole different direction. I actually find a comp for sales leadership, a complete, um, connection between military leadership and sales leadership. All right. I now, like this is very weird. And I, it's unconventional. A lot of people are like, whoa, you know. not me. Let's go. Right. Okay. But here's the thing, right? We've had like, like hundreds of years, hundreds of years, even thousands of years. If you look even like into ancient history of leadership um, documentation put in the books, how to, how people decide to lead big teams of individuals. The, the ones that, that captured us the most are military. Okay. I spend my time there. I don't, not looking for sales tactics. I know the sales tactics. I'm learning about how you can organize a bigger, more strategic thought plan, thinking outside the box, reading between the lines behind what the lessons actually are, right? Um, I think that, that that's kind of, that's kind of the, the idea. So I would actually say, if you go and find, my God, whether it be Patton's book, or uh, there's one called Sea Stories. Um, sea Stories is good. I've read that. That's good, dude. By McRaven, Admiral McRaven. Yeah, by McRaven. Yeah. He's yeah. It, that. That book is. There's not one piece of nope. sales like intricate in there, but the leadership moments, yep. the learnings from this man who who like was one of the most decorated Navy SEALs in U.S. history. Yep. Let's go all day long, right? There's. Yep. Um, Jocko's book, Extreme Ownership, there's not one piece of sales or like, but it's all about ownership. What does ownership do for you? How does it change your mind? That's the stuff. That's the stuff that you could go point people to that'll change their life. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. How do they get more of you? You're going to have a lot of people that are going to say, dude, how come I'm not connected to this guy? How do they connect to Brian? How do they get connected to Saster? How do they get to be participating in some, like, dude, your event that you put on looked like it was fantastic. It looked like people were thirsty for live contact. And and how do they get to pick up more like, dude, your whole approach, your passion, your belief, everything you bring to the table is intoxicating. How do they get more of you? Well, I appreciate that, Rob. I, I think if you're not aligned with your passions, then that doesn't come, right? So I, I love what I do every day and I love connecting with other people. And if you want to connect with me, the best way to do so is on LinkedIn. Um, it's really easy. Uh, if As long as Rob spells my name right on the post here for the podcast, you should be able to just move. Fingers like, crossed, man. <laughs> be able to just search me and hit the connect button or follow, but you can find me there. As for Saster, Saster.com, that's S-A-A-S-T-R.com. You can go and check out our blog. You should follow Jason Lemkin. Um, we are going to do another, we're doing several events throughout this year that are going to be awesome, um, that are all focused in different niches of SaaS and leadership, but we're going to do another major annual event as well next year. And we're expecting, you know, 2.2x what we've already had this year. So it's going to be off the wall again. And, and frankly, I mean, we're, we're already seeing some of the, the, some of the fastest, um, renewal numbers we've ever seen. I think people were just that pumped up. The momentum's that crazy off of that event. So, um, definitely get in touch. I'd be more than happy if you're interested about bringing your team to Saster, we'd be, we'd love to have you. It's an amazing, amazing time. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to connect with anyone. Please, please reach out. Okay. Here we go. I'm coming back to the pen. Final thought. What's the one thing you want to take away from our conversation today? Look, I think, I think as a community, um, we have to do more for each other. And as a leader, if you're out there and you're trying to understand how to grow your own leadership subset, think about who you could lead today. Think about who you could help today. Um, the, 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 there's, there's true karma in sales leadership. So put out into the world what you want to receive back and then be open enough to receive it. And I think that that is, that is the one thing we could all do and we should do more of. And um, yeah, if you're, if you want thoughts on how to do it right, please reach out to me. I'm happy to give you what I've been doing. Take him up on it. He will respond. He is a good person to reach out to. Listen, this dude is starting at candy bars and we got to culture today. 
And uh, he's, he's helping people become difference makers all around the world. And if there's one thing that you can take from this today, that it would be this for me, go be a difference maker. I love that passion. Go be a difference maker because the difference maker is almost never on the outside. It's almost always on the inside. So go make Uh, that happen. You're, you're one already, my friend. And this has been absolutely just a pleasure to be on the, on talking with you today. I hope to do it again soon. Brian, thanks so much and happy selling my man. Hey, take care, bud. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I got to thank my friends at Scipio for their ongoing support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Texting is one of the last platforms where you can really differentiate how you engage your customers. Listen, there is no doubt in my mind that texting needs to be part of the modern sales process. And if it isn't, you need to change that fast. I've really dug into Scipio's product, and I love it. Since we started this partnership with Scipio, I've had several sales managers hit me up and tell me just how much they like the Scipio platform, its simplicity, the powerful features, and the impact texting done right creates. It makes this tool a no-brainer for the modern salesperson. Listen, not all text messaging platforms are created equal, and if you're looking to engage more with your clients and you're also working to get more people to your demos and discovery meetings, Start using Scipio. It's the most powerful, most personal one I've ever been introduced to. It's really that simple. I know the team personally. I know they'll give you an amazing experience. Take advantage of the free month with no strings. Compliments of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Head to Scipio.com and tell them I sent you by using the code ROB, that's R-O-B, on the sign-up page. You will be blown away at how quickly the right text platform can change the game for the members of your team. Now, this podcast is also brought to you by my company, the Jepson Performance Group. And if you're like most sales leaders and you've been left to figure out your leadership system on your own, then I'd love to talk to you. While there are no shortcuts to success, you can get there faster if you take the most direct route. And if you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love the content in my community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. Think of it like the Home Depot for sales leaders. With my very best content and over 100 hours of training materials, you will find everything you need in Sales Leadership United. And if you've never had a coach in your corner, now is a really great time to give that a try. The greatest performers in the world in every discipline invest in themselves. And the leaders I'm coaching, they're having the best year of their careers as we find those small improvements that create the huge, meaningful impact. Save your most precious resource, your time. Small improvements create disproportionate results in both sales and sales leadership. And if you can win just a little more, just a little faster, you will create massive results. If you want to find those small advantages that create those results, hit me up today. Man, I love this conversation with Brian. It is packed with insights. It is like a master class on becoming a difference maker as a sales leader. And I think that it's really important to point out that Brian knows what good looks like. He's done it as a practitioner. He sees them all coming through Saster. He consults with and advises many, many of the highest, fastest growing uh, companies in the world right now. And he has this really interesting opportunity to see firsthand what leads to high growth and what doesn't. Now, Brian didn't waste any time getting to his point. The great sales leaders are difference makers. And the difference maker is almost never an external force. The difference maker in success and failure is almost always on the inside. And in this case, what we're talking about is that sales leader. Brian shared some killer insights around ways sales leaders can be a difference maker with the companies they lead. He identified a few areas for us to be intentional in. And one of the ones that I want to sit on for a minute is culture. We spent a ton of time on, on, on culture in this conversation. It caught me by surprise, but I'm glad we did because I'm having that conversation with a lot of leaders right now. It might be the most important thing we build as leaders. We don't get the culture we hope for. We get the culture we build. But one of the things Brian discussed that really hit home with me was the idea that culture is fluency. It's how teams are entwined and aligned. I love this insight about how they work together. I thought of like a DNA molecule that's like spinning. And and I, I love this insight. I hope you go back and give it a second listen. Because creating teams that are entwined in a way that fuels each other, that makes it so sales leaders can create impact very quickly. 
When Brian made that statement that great sales leaders make an impact out the gate, I believe one of the fastest ways they can do that is by providing this culture that he talked about. So I'd encourage you to look closely at what your culture is. Culture is what you stand for. I found that culture is built on these four things. Number one is the mission, the mission of your team or your company. Number two is the vision of what it's going to look like when you execute on this mission. Number three is the values that you want the team to stand for and represent and be known for. And then the last one is how the members of the team act. So it's mission, vision, values, and act. I've learned that strong cultures are never an afterthought. They are only intentional. And your culture isn't evidenced by anything except for behavior, okay? It's not what the pictures are on the wall. It's not what the toys are in the break room. Um, it, it, it's, it's your behavior and that's going to reflect the attitude and the effort of each member of the team. But this is absolutely something you should revisit as our world changes. We need to make sure we are changing with it and you're going to get the culture that you choose to build. So I want to issue like kind of a, I guess a caution. Don't let culture just be a buzzword. It's got to be a building block. It's got to be a foundation of your team. But I really loved his discussion. Maybe my favorite part was his discussion around the definition of sales leadership. It was at the end. He talked about the definition of sales leadership. And he spent some time talking about a couple of his leaders, but especially Colin, uh, Colin Cadmus. Shout out to you, Colin. Um, he was one of our, our guests a couple of years ago, one of our great guests. Uh, Colin's doing great things now. You got to go check him out. Um, but, but he talked about what a great sales leader is and how they make a difference and what his definition of them was and how it was about being there and having influence. And he made a statement about there's tons of managers, but very few actual leaders. And I think he's right. I think we have a crisis and a lack of true sales leadership. And we, we could talk about why. There's a lot of reasons why that, that I'd be happy to talk about. In fact, maybe there's a show on that um, that I do. But leaders are someone that do more than just manage. A manager is really good at keeping things on track. It's good at letting things not run off the rails, right? That's what a manager does. A leader is much different. They create influence. They can change behavior, not because they demand it, but because they can make people want to. They can change the trajectory of a team or, or a career. They can change the speed it takes for someone to get somewhere. You know, they, They're building something. They're developing something. They're not just keeping something going. There's a big, big difference there. And I hope you were moved by Brian's discussion about these sales leaders, particularly, again, I say Colin. He talked about the difference maker, he said, in his life, not just his career, but in his life. At the end of this story, he talked about how he kind of realized not to so much to vet companies, but instead be really intentional about selecting his leaders. And that whole conversation about what it meant to have someone in your corner and building his own personal kind of board of directors. I love that because I think that's what people do now. They're looking for the leader that will help accelerate their career. So when you get someone that joins your team, know that they're joining because they want that influence from you, right? Give them that influence. Give them that opportunity to have someone in their corner. Give them someone that's helping them, thinking about them, making their challenges, your challenges, their challenges. And and, and I think that what you'll find is, if you do that, and, and if you accept the challenge that I'll lay down right now, I'm going to challenge you to follow Brian's insights. Follow these insights Brian gave. Be the kind of leader that Brian's discussing. Be that person that has so much influence on what happens in the life and the career of those that they lead. Because these are the people that are the difference makers. They are not victim to external circumstances. They make their own weather. Each member of the team knows that come what may, this person is firmly in their corner, and that is a rare thing to have. I've experienced firsthand how fast people will drop you as, as, as soon as it doesn't suit their purposes. It is rare to find someone that is truly in your corner. So Brian, thank you so much for joining me this week. Thank you for sharing your insights about how sales leaders can make a difference right out the gate. I am so grateful for, to you for joining me, and I appreciate your contribution, contribution to the sales community. I'm pumped to see what comes next for you in your journey. 
Thanks also to my friends at Scipio. If you haven't done so already, go to Scipio.com, S-K-I-P-I-O.com, and take advantage of their free 30-day trial by using their tool for yourself. Check it out right now before we hit end of year, because I'm confident you're going to want to use this in your stack for next year. Go to their sign-up link, hit enter the code ROB, start communicating with your prospects the way they want to be communicated with. You'll get results faster than you ever thought possible. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. If you liked this episode, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me continue to get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you'll give me is to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share this show with someone who needs it. And be elite. Live strong, chase your passions, and don't worry, just execute, because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.